my acroiso. Hello and welcome to the New York Welsh podcast, the podcast that celebrates Welsh success stories in New York while inspiring the creation of some new ones. I am Gideon. And I am Richard. On this episode, we had the pleasure of sitting down for a chat with Emma Pritchard. Yes, Emma is a fashion stylist from Pontypool. After graduating with a degree in fashion and design from the University of Wales, Emma left the UK for Asia to follow a career in advertising. She was based in Singapore, where she worked as first as an art director for clients such as Elizabeth Arden, Guess, and De Beers. Which Beers? In 2006, she was persuaded to take the leap from art direction into styling, upon which she relocated to New York and has built an impressive roster of loyal clients, including United Airlines, Puma, and a ton more. Emma is now based permanently in New York, where she lives with her American fiancé, who is now a big fan of Greg's, as we'll find out on the show. Please enjoy our conversation with the resoundingly charismatic Emma Pritchard. Thanks for coming on. Pleasure. Now, there's one thing that I wanted to ask you since... Mm -hmm. Since I knew you were coming on the show, yep. there's a shoot that you styled. I think yep. it was for Psychology Today. Yeah. That featured a chimpanzee. Yeah. And he's wearing all these different outfits. Yeah. Did you have to style him for I that? I did have to style him. But he was quite, he wasn't easy to style because he, the, if you think of the proportion of a chimp's body, I think he was an age two to three on the bottom, but then like a 10 on the top. <laughs> so, you know, he's, he's, he's broad. Um, and you also, there's a lot of, um, how can I say this, guidelines then, shall we say, before you go into anything with animals, because they have a trainer, right. he could only, you know, he could only work for a certain amount of time, you couldn't touch him, there was a lot of, so everything was passed over to his trainer. You never even touched him? Mm -mm, you can't, I mean, he, after a while he had had enough of the shoot, and if you know what a psych is in a, in a photo studio it's like one of those curved walls he was he'd had enough and he went running up the wall and did a backflip and then just started making oh, wow. you know chimp noise at the end of the day they're animals yeah so it's only it's only you know you only get that limited amount of time with them you shattered my dream because i was picturing you know ha us hanging like, out having a great time yeah 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 he has a really bony bum actually <laughs> the model told us oh my gosh um, what, what? but yeah it's it's very you're very hands-off in those circumstances you just get his sizes and he had to wear a tuxedo in one as well so <laughs> I know. I've I forgotten know. what the article was about, but they were, they were, I worked with psychology today for a while and they always had fascinating concepts on, you know, introvert versus extrovert, you know, it was like a girl in a bubble or they were, they were all, always challenging briefs. Right. And so what's it like? What was your reaction when you read that brief? Like, I'm going to be starting a chimpanzee. <laughs> I just, honestly, nothing surprises me anymore. I've also made years ago one brief was to make for a casino in Arizona to make a dress out of playing cards and a swimsuit out of poker chips so that was another I, li I like you know I think you can be creative in any medium whether it's a chimp or whether it's playing cards so I think uh, I'm trying to think of some other animal ones that we've had recently I'll, I'll see if I can think of something a little bit later but yeah they're definitely fun. So you mentioned about, obviously, the brief is obviously to design the outfit. So maybe that gets into one of the ones I wanted to ask. Mm. Really kind of, 
What exactly is a stylist? Right, well, a, st- a stylist, I mean, there's ve- very different areas of styling, but what I do is I do entertainment or conceptual photography is what I love. Anything with an idea behind it, mm-hmm. which is quite different to... I do some fashion as well fashion style okay I'll break it down like fashion styling you're you're styling editorials which you're using clothes that have come off the runway so you're taking looks you're speaking to you know PR companies you're pulling those looks in you're dressing the models you return the looks then you do it then there's advertising which is a lot of what I what I do so then you're working with the photographer at the client on their brief that you know bringing their ideas to life so I do a mix of both like I said my real I do love conceptual photography which in America sort of has the form of entertainment Mm -hmm. you know if you've ever seen any of those images for like Netflix or you know big movie posters they normally have like some idea to them or yeah so that's so, 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 and what does the team look like? So I imagine that's a bit of a collaborative effort. The team, yeah, definitely a collaborative effort. I mean, it it honestly depends who you work with. Um, if you work with a great photographer and you have a really great rapport, like I have a lot of photographers that I've worked with for many, many years, they'll come up with the idea and then you sort of go with it. Like years ago, I did a cover for um, Glee, oh, Jane Lynch. Mm-hmm. And for Entertainment Weekly, they decided that they wanted to make, I think, she, I, I never watched Glee, but I think she wore a tracksuit, like an Adidas tracksuit in it. And I think in the show she was getting married, something like that. And we made a dress out of tracksuits. So right. to get like speak. So then for, for, to break that job down for you, that was the idea from Entertainment Weekly. So they said, right, we would love to make, you know, a sort of dress out of, tracksuits so then my job then is to okay we've got to get we've got to get these tracksuits so we're speaking to adidas do they want to collaborate with us if they do then they're sending us all the tracksuits then rather than you know you need a seamstress to make it i thought it was way more interesting to get an actual designer to make it Mm -hmm. so then talking to you know who's going to do it you also don't have much time i think we made this dress in two days like from yeah that's the biggest thing about the job is everything is done in a really short space of time so you really are like it's every every second of the day (laughs) counts so then you know they're whipping a dress up it's delivered if you're also doing entertainment and if you're shooting like a celebrity or someone in the public eye, you don't have all day with them. Normally you have like four hours. And if you think if it's a woman, two hours of that are in hair and makeup. Sometimes you get half an hour. Like you, again, years ago, I shot um, the South Park Boys. They were opening Book of Mormon that night. Oh, it's a tra- uh, was it Trey Parker? Trey and, and yeah, Matt. Um, Matt, yeah. They were opening that night. We had a um, or one of the theatres on Broadway. I think it was a couple of doors down from where they were. And we wanted to style it like, you remember the two old grumpy pe- grumpy men in the Muppets? And they yeah. were always uh-huh. in the box. Yeah. We wanted to style them like that. We had half an hour with them. They literally came out of rehearsal for half an hour. You have to dress them really fast. You have to have a very clear vision about what you're doing and be able to communicate it to your team really fast because you it's very much a production line. Mm. They're coming in, hi, you know, how can we dress them quick 
as quickly as possible because if you think everybody has to have their their time so mm. if we're dressing them it takes 10 minutes then the photographer's got 30 minutes if we're taking them hot it takes us half an hour to get them dressed photographers 10 minutes no one's happy mm. so it's very much you know you have to be instant best friends with people you have to communicate what you want to do you have to be very clear you have to know what you're doing exactly that day you can't be like well i still don't know if i like this you know that's yeah, not no time work. for that no time right, so um, so we'll, we'll jump around a bit as we yeah. often do, because um, I'm 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 now the thing that's going through my mind is like how how did you possibly end up in a career where you were doing something like this and um, yeah what what does it take what are the skills and that you're using for um, to do something like that I have a really <laughs> random story for how I came I came about I was talking to a friend I think I can't. It was at a party and a very good friend. There was there was a lady who owned a photography agency. And where were you? And, and situate us a little bit. Where this, about, oh, sorry. sorry. This is when it, so I lived in Singapore. So this is when we were in Singapore and I was an art director. Okay. And the friend just said, shouldn't Emma style? And she was like, yep, she, you're a born stylist. If you are really serious about it, you can come and work with me. And that was it. Okay. It really was as much as that. I think this was a long time ago. Right. I'm trying to think like how many years ago it would be now. Oh my God. I'd say like 17 years ago. It's right. not as, it wasn't as big as it is now, I'd say. The, right. And know, it wasn't your first, and it wasn't your first, so you, you progressed into f- it. Okay. It wasn't my first and is it that is that common to most people or to today? No, do people, yeah. no. The co- the really common path for it would be you assist. So you would do, you know, my degree still was in fashion and design. So I definitely had the background or the education for it. But a lot of people now will, or the natural path, especially in New York into it, is you assist. Right. And you assist for many years. And then through that, you either break out on your own or you don't. You may stay assisting you may I know a lot of people who have sort of I've done seven years in fashion I'm out you know it 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 will it 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 does burn you out because it's the time the the time pressure that comes the pressure that. that comes with it and I can't I you know it it's a shoot is more like I don't want to this how can I say this it's not as serious, but it's almost like an operating theatre because you're like, mm. you're doing this, you're doing this, you're doing this, you're out the door. You can't, you can't sort of waffle or talk your way through not having clothes. Right. Like you've either got it or you haven't got it. You can't go, oh, well, it's going to come and I couldn't find it. And da, 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 da. Like you have to produce constantly and it's a physical element. It has to be there. Right. And it sounds like there's no, there's no margin for error. No, no. I mean, you can, if you were, again, if you've got a great team behind you, things are evolving and changing. And on the day, you might think of something completely yeah. different that's th- way better. Right. Or the weather's not or the, weather's the not, same. You or know, they come with a haircut that you didn't know they were going to have. <laughs> or, you come, or you come into like, you know, a clear umbrella in the rain, then gives you a completely different picture. And then, you know... It's like, oh, yeah, that was the answer. But you probably wouldn't have thought of a clear umbrella in the rain had it not been raining. Mm. You know, so there's a lot of um, there's a lot of paths then, shall we say some some are dead ends. But some you always it always works out in the end and you always have to have self belief, confidence and know that you're you know, you're good at what you do. 
and you almost sometimes have to just nurse people through that process to be like I'm listening to you but just you know let me do my thing it will look great it'll be fine everybody will be happy because for clients we're doing this every day sometimes twice a day three Mm -hmm. times a day for them they may have you know nurtured this concept or this idea for a year and it's their baby and then they get to shoot in New York for a week so they're Mm -hmm. super excited so they're on the phone almost like a bridezilla have we got this have we got this have we got this have we just like yes we have it Mm -hmm. yes it'll be great you know and that sometimes the exhaustion can come from that you're always proving yourself and you're always, talk, you know, talking. Because I imagine they're under pressure. Because of I, course, get right, they they have a client too. Of course they right? do, and the budgets are so high, you know, and they really want, you know, they they really want the best images. The best clients really are the ones that are like, we love what you do, just do it for yeah. us. They've chosen you because they believe in you. They exactly, know the you they know do. the work you do. They know, you know, they love what you do. But I think, you know, that's really, that's really important. So have you got something that you're known for, your, your aesthetic or? Well, I, um, I don't really because I've tried not to pigeonhole myself. Um, because I think if I just did the same thing, like known, got, got known for one thing, I would become quite bored. I mean, mm. that's the And does thing. that happen? Do people get Yes, yeah, certainly. For you know, I know people who like just do maybe sports. And then that's all they're doing. Um, for me, I do like to I do like to mix it up. I like to do, still do some editorial so that you stay creative because ultimately that's your work that you're putting out there. There's no client over your head. But I try to do um, things that just really work my brain. And I do like a bit of research, you know, so you're looking into maybe historical things, different eras. Hmm. So talk talk a bit about that, like maybe well, I'm an just example. I'm about to. Do, I work with um, Jamal Shabazz quite a bit, and he who's that? Jamal Shabazz. He was the original street photographer. You probably know his work. He um, he was sort of taking pictures in maybe the late seventies, early eighties of the Lower East Side. All the kids with the, you know the chains, mm-hmm. the Puma sneakers with the fat laces, um, and he's he shoots a lot now. So we're working on something at the moment and I know his aesthetic very well. You can't sort of, he was there in that era. So for me, the challenge with him is always to present it in a way that is very authentic to the time, yet it can't be like a complete copy of his Mm. work because he's going to get boring. He's going to get bored shooting the same thing over and over again. You know, he he was there. So... You know, just researching into the shoes they wore and the necklaces they wore and all that type of thing, I think is just really interesting. But then presenting it in a fresh way that he hasn't done before. Because if you imagine, he's been doing this style for like 40 years. Mm. Okay. So when you're, when you're trying to find like a new angle on something, mm-hmm. where do you look for inspiration? What's the like, I don't know, the weirdest place you've, you've uh, found inspiration? I just, I just did actually, I did, just did a fashion show um, with Puma for Autumn Winter 19. And I'm just so sick of it, looking at accessories, you know, earrings. And so I just went to like Home Depot, the American <laughs> version of B&Q. And just thought, right, what can I use? Almost like a Project one Runway Challenge. And 
our theme was sort of nine, 90s Manchester. So I used like a lot of cable ties, a lot of chain, um, and just had more fun with those materials than a hoop earring or, a, you know, the more the yeah. more traditional things that you would use. But yeah, I like to work with different things. Just mix it up. Just yeah. make it more interesting and present it. I mean, if I've done a good job, people won't know what what it was. Like I used, my dad helped me when I went home and I used um, copper scouring pads for necklaces because if you uh, if you undo a scouring pad it has a really nice sort of mesh pattern to it that you might not get in jewelry wow and then you just cut it up and you know it's presenting things in a different way but if i've i believe if i have done my job correctly no one's saying oh that's a copper scouring pad (laughs) fascinating so yeah i think yeah the perception for most would be you're just you're choosing clothes Versus like- you are doing that, but you're also you're also presenting them in a, you know, in a, hopefully in a unique way that people will remember. But you know, core the core element to that is the clothes have to fit and they mm. have to be on the right model and they have to look the part before you've even put those frills on top of it. I think authenticity is really important. Right. You know, they have to just be, for me anyway, effortlessly cool. Like, you know, they've worn that style forever. So how do you get, um, and maybe that's, maybe, I don't know how mm. much this is part of your job, but how do you get an, a model, I mean, I, I guess models, you know, they're, um, that's their career and that's what they're, yeah. you know, professional at, but you know, getting someone to feel comfortable when you're trying to put a Brillo pad around them. Well, it is their job. Um, you yeah. know, they wouldn't be in modeling if they if, weren't. If they right. weren't, and they certainly wouldn't be booked on jobs if they weren't good. But again, you're seeing it as a Brillo pad. Yeah. When you saw it, it wouldn't look like that. Right, it'd be a necklace. Yeah. And, and for you, then coming up with those types of like, I don't know, more, I don't know, creative solutions. Yeah. Is that something you'd always done or is that something yeah, you'd no, with experience? Yeah, no, definitely. That's something I've always done. Yeah. I mean, all my friends, when we were growing up, they would all say, you know, if there was a fancy dress party, they'd just come and use my wardrobe. I've always just done things that have, I don't know, it just came, it, it, it's natural to me. So I don't think you really think about what you're doing. I was always cutting things up or making something you know what Tyvek is? It's almost like that. Pa- it's like paper, but it's fabric. They wear, it normally comes in suits, like a has not a hazmat oh, yeah. suit. Oh uh, yes, like, okay. But if you cut it, it doesn't fray or anything, and it'll give you a very stiff edge. So you know, I've like cut that up and made. I was always cutting things up and putting them together and wearing them. And do you have a favorite? Is there one that sticks in your mind? Is like it's that? definitely <laughs> one. I know. Again, all my friends will definitely. No, just like it was, honestly, it was just like a piece of gold. I think it was like a piece of gold fabric that it just put like a chain on the end and turned it into a top. Oh, God. <laughs> well, and that was, was that a Halloween outfit? Or no, what? that was uh, just a, a regular night out in Newport. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you talked about people, uh, you know, getting into it and then seven yes. years later, they're thinking of their exit strategy. What, yeah. What are the misconceptions about the job then that, that you know maybe these people weren't expecting yeah I think I mean first of all it is it can it is exhausting it is you know I you've got to love it because there's no way you could do it otherwise you never know what can happen so I think maybe their love for it just you know wavered a little bit um 
for me, what I look for in assistance, you have to be very easygoing, incredibly resourceful, um, and not hang on to ideas too much. You know, mm. if 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 something changes, which inevitably does, like the model got food poisoning the night before. This is a different model. She's a completely different size. Or someone is a little naughty and maybe lied about their sizes. And then when they arrived, you know, like, oh, that photo was two years ago. It's not <laughs> now. Um, you just have to go with it. You just have to, you know, switch gears and have a whole new set of ideas. So I think those, you know, being easygoing is very important. Also, logistics is a huge part of our um, job because you're 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 transporting huge amounts of clothes. It's not you know for one look you'd need about at least three options, and if you times that by a crew of maybe or you know a cast of eighteen models that ends up being a huge amount of clothes. Well, how are those clothes getting from A to B by 8 a.m. in the morning? You're always one step ahead. Mm. You always have to close out a job and still give yourself time to do the logistical part of it. Mm. Or they're shipping from somewhere, you know, they're coming from Europe or they're coming from China or you've ordered something and it got held up in customs and how are you getting it out? The amount of times we'll look on like one of the UPS, FedEx, any of those and you can see the box is there. It's maybe stuck in customs. It hasn't cleared customs. And you need it for that photo shoot. The photo shoot is 9 a.m. So what are you doing? You know, you're reworking the looks that you had for those first few days. You're changing those to be later in the day. You're and constantly problem solving. Is, constantly. Any, is there like any amazing st- or good stories from like those moments where you've either had to get something out of customs or you've come up with something Yeah, I on mean, the fly we're, and- all, we're always... <laughs> We're always on the phone to like, you know, where's the box? When do we think it will be here? And and just you're normally switching things around. You're normally saying, okay, with well, the people who are going to come tomorrow, they now have to come today. Um, yeah, you just like I say, you're just you're just switching it around. And sometimes if it doesn't arrive, then you better have the fifty other things. You know, there's always that what if. There's what's, always a variable. What's the craziest solution anyone's come up? Has anyone gone had to I don't know, driven to the customs or gone some out of that some ridiculous? You can't. Uh, we've honestly way to, we've tried that. We've tried so many times where or you'll see something online and it can't get shipped to you fast enough, and we'll we're calling them and we're saying, okay, I'm going to come to you, but you're dealing with massive um, warehouses, so they're not. The, you can't get the person. Set up for that, right. But I mean, this is a good story for the job that we're doing at the moment with Jamal. We wanted these particular type of shoes that we could only find online, but we only found them yesterday. And the shoot, it, the shoot, we need, we need to have them by Tuesday. So I went on the return policy side of the website and looked at where they were going to be returned to and where they were shipped to. And it was a New York address. So then we just put that New York address in Google and the shop name came up. But his uh, shop wasn't listed on the store. And the, we- and the phone number that was listed on the website had one number short of being the right number. It only had, you know, the end number was only three numbers instead of four. So when we rang him, the number didn't work. But yeah, put that in and he's in Harlem and I'll be there after I finish but what, with What you, you could have done is you could have just tried every every possible zero, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine for the last number. 
It's so much easier, though, to put his address in Google. <laughs> I'm, I'm resourceful. Can, I could have done can, it. You can help uh, me next time. <laughs> so you're freelance? Yes. Well, how do, talk us through how the jobs come to you. Is it mostly just well, I have clients? An, a lot is repeat clients. I have an agent. And, um, yeah, it, it just depends on... The, the work can come in many different from many different sources. It can come from the photographer. You could be friends with a client. It could be that someone dropped out. You told you were chatting on email and you mentioned that you were um, back in the UK in, yeah. in London, right, for shooting yeah. Gemma Chan. Yeah. For people who don't know, she was in Crazy, Crazy Rich, Rich Asians. Asians. Yeah. How, did, yeah, how did that come about and what was that shoot for? That's another long-term client that I have, the New York Post. I used to be the fashion director for Page Six magazine. So if there's any sort of overseas they know I go home quite often if there's an overseas photo shoot they'll always ask me am I like around am I available and it just worked out that I was I was at home in Wales and that we could we could turn it around and make it happen I have an amazing assistant in London um and yeah it just worked so we went up to London did the shoot and um, where did you shoot we shot in the Harry Hotel in um Oh, they're not Belgravia, I think they're in Belgravia. Yeah, so we shot there, and it was great. She's she's so easy to work with, and the photographer was amazing. Um, Matt Holyoke he had just shot the um, royal christening photos. Oh, really? So he was coming, <laughs> he was coming off that. So yeah, it was a great team. It's just like you say when it when everybody gets on, it's just it's so easy, and she's gorgeous. So I mean, everything looked amazing on her. Do you have a? Have you got other models you're working with? Yeah, models. You're working. With are they models, models, or are they are any of them actual? Yeah, I'm always interested. I'm always fascinated by that. I'm always looking at like by I'm the like, casting yeah. process. Well, the process. How yeah. they got chosen them for what reason? They'll just be a casting call. Things are shifting a little bit because you've got um, Instagram models now right. that are showing up to castings that may that don't have that. You know, they can't walk a catwalk. Yeah, it's not the classic It's not the classic model mold. And a lot of people are casting from Instagram. Really? Mm. It's changed so much now. Like if if a brand is casting a model and that model has a million followers, their brand is now accessed. A million? Honestly. Yeah, and and, and their mini feed, which is, if you don't know, it's also called your gallery. It's a collection of photographs from an individual or a company. That is almost more as important, if not more important, than your Mm -hmm. homepage on your website. Completely, completely. I had this not that long ago with a job, and I got the deck. The deck is like the brief with all the images inside, and there was a whole page of my Instagram on there where Mm. I was like, wow. And, you know, they were try- they wanted me to work with the photographer and there was an image of me and the photographer together and they had included that and they were like, they obviously have a great rapport. Wow. Yeah. It's 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 that level now. That it's How many it- followers we got, Rich, on the New York Welsh? Uh, it's- Is it a million? <laughs> I don't think we're quite <laughs> at a million yeah. yet. Okay. Uh, yeah. We're when too short is, of a when million. When it is, we'll have a party. Yes. Yeah. Okay. The million dollar. But it's it's so it's so important. I mean, Instagram, I say, is the most important thing. It's also really important on shoots because everybody is told, especially if it's a product. Again, like fashion, if it doesn't come out for a year, can't Instagram. Yeah, can't no, post, stories. Social. no stories, no stories, no social, no nothing. But you'd be amazed at the amount of people who do. I was doing a job year, probably two years ago, maybe two or three years ago. It was for Cadillac. 
and I'll never forget it. We're all in the, so you normally, sh- you're holding bay, shall we say, is an RV, like a mo- mm-hmm. big motorhome. And this model enters the motorhome with his Instagram stories going, doesn't even, like, doesn't even stop it, has it, is holding it. Like, it was honestly like a reality TV show. And he's like, hey, and I'm just coming into the motorhome now. And hey, hi, who are you? And then putting the camera to... And he had a very strong warning afterwards. It's like, you put that down or... You don't get that you're out. Nobody wants that. Like you, it's. But it's funny because I bet the next shoot, the next day, he's doing some PR thing for some they event, might want it. and they're encouraging exactly. them to do it all the time. So exactly, it's, the lines are very blurred. I had a photographer, uh, not a photographer, makeup artist. Was he a makeup artist or hairstylist? Once he showed up with his reality TV show film crew. No. A photo shoot. And they were like, you can't bring that in here. And they just were they following asked. him around. And they hadn't asked? They hadn't asked, no. And the, the editor in the magazine was like, no, out. It Nobody. makes me feel old. I'm just like, well, yeah. That's what's the world the, coming to? Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. But I mean, it does, people do book from instagram there's a makeup artist i work with she says that all her work comes from instagram mm. well it's even um i got a uh you know another tattoo recently and same thing i found the artist through instagram just mm. because yeah it's the easiest, the w- easiest to way to browse we were, people's work we were casting models yesterday and i would not cast them without looking at their instagram because not only do you need to know their look you need to know who they are as a person and if they can, you know, if there's some shrinking violet or are they really outspoken or they look really annoying, mm. <laughs> you know, you've, you've got to do a little bit of digging. That's why stalking a very important part of our job. You just need to know who these people are. Yeah, you talked about that earlier. You mentioned stalking. You, yeah. So give us some examples then. How do you, what are your best Well, stalking, stalking models for sure. We have yeah. to stalk. Instagram, like you say, is a great, is a great tool. That's another reason why I'd be a good assistant. Resourceful. <laughs> I'm stalking models on Instagram stalking on a daily models, basis. Yeah. Yep. Not yeah. a problem. Here you go. I think you've got a good assistant right here. Gideon. Or- you also <laughs> You also get to Yeah, you get to see who they are as a person. Especially if you're doing a trip with them. Mm-hmm. When we had, we had a casting two weeks ago, I think it was. And the assist the assistant that was helping with the casting, she had a code because she knew a lot of the people in the industry, the models that were coming for the casting. So she had a code and the code was, she would talk about the weather if she knew that they were an absolute nightmare. So she'd be like, here's Jonathan. And, you know, it started to rain. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, oh, you know, Hi, and Jonathan. then you're like, "Hi, show us." Oh, great! Thank you. Bye. Bye, John. <laughs> because you need to know, especially if you're all going on a trip together. Yeah. You can't have. Did a fashion show. I think it was last year, and it, one of the we had dancers, and I had repeatedly said to them, "You know, they have an outfit. It's very simple. You just got to put the clothes on. You got to wear them." They were young. They got excited. She left, she was just, I think it was about 10 minutes before we were about to go on stage. And I said, where's your shoes? She was like, oh God, I've left them. And she had left them. We couldn't even get out because by that time, everybody had started arriving for the event. So, you know, it, it was crazy out. They couldn't get them in time. 
and she's she's like no I can get them I get them she runs breaks her toe and I mean it was good her toe was like that she obviously couldn't get in on stage so she was a dancer not a model she obviously couldn't (laughs) couldn't go on stage and the choreographer's assistant had to fill in for her but you know the choreographer's assistant had to fill in for you know had to dance for her she's the only other one who knew the routine of course yeah so things like, again, things like that happen. I mean, this is awful. And my assistant laughs at me to this day because it was a little bit fashion roadkill because it happened. And I know I'm awful for saying this, but I kept saying, you know, her toe was clearly broken. And I kept saying to my assistant, can we take the clothes off her yet? Can we take the clothes off her yet? <laughs> because for me, like some, it, the show must go on. You, we, I need those outfits. It needs to go on someone else because that show still starts and there's 2,000 people out there from oh, all God. over the world. Yeah, the show must go on. Definitely. As they say. Um, Wales. Wales, the homeland. <laughs> talk about, let's talk about Wales. My favourite part of a Sunday. Yeah, it's the best. So well, okay then. Um, so whereabouts are you from? I'm from Where Pontypool. From Ponty? Grew up in Pontypool, oh. yeah. And I left. When did I leave? 1997. Wow. Long time ago. And you still have family there? Yes. And I have a house there. Oh, so you go you go back a fair I go, yeah. I go back all the time. Whereabouts for people who, you know, know the area? Where's my house? Where in, where, well, What's whereabouts? Exact in? address. <laughs> for the, for the, <laughs> the Instagram stalkers, yeah. yeah. No, where, where, I'm well, good stalkers Ponty. find out. Yes. Yeah. It's a challenge, everybody. It's a challenge. You can have a job. Um, <laughs> if you show up on my doorstep, you can have a job. Well, I just showed up on someone else's doorstep. I can't believe it. We're in Pontypool. Yeah, Sorry, we're... roughly. Yeah, where, and where in Pontypool? Where did oh, you well, grow up? My, oh, I grew up in Griffithstown. Okay. Um, um, my parents, yeah, my parents are still there. My sister's still there. All my best friends are, are still there. And I go, I go home. Yeah, I go home as often as I can, really, if, if, the, if I've had like a good flurry of jobs and then the, maybe there's a week or two that's downtime, then I'll sneak off. Mm-hmm. Years ago, I used to, when you could change a flight for free, this is, I mean, way back, then I'd be like, oh, well, I won't go back this week. Let me change my flight. And then it'd be like coming into like international season, like February, I'd come home for Christmas. Once I didn't go back till February. Wow. So you'd always have a flight on the go and you'd just be moving it yeah, out when you're ready to I go. Yeah, I already have my flight for Christmas. Oh, yeah. I need Booked. to do that. Yeah, I've got mine. Yeah. It's so, I mean, for me, it's so important to go home. I know a lot of people say to me, I have this all the time, at least once a week. They're like, oh, you haven't changed your accent. But I just never understand why I would. Like, are they expecting some Bronx accent to come yeah. home one day? I just, that for me, I just don't understand. I think you are who you are. There's certain words I will definitely use. Yes. Different, like my fiance, he's American, so, you know, but he knows what a kutch well, is. Yeah. It goes both ways. It goes both ways. So he's learned his bit of Welsh. Have you, yes, do you speak Welsh? I don't speak no, Welsh, okay. no. So you haven't taught him any yet? He hasn't had to learn any other no, language? No, but he does say, and I think this is fascinating, he said, you know, he says how emotional we are. And he says that we also always go up an octave at the end. So it's all never. Everything is like up. (laughs) His observations about us are absolutely amazing. And does he like to go? Does he like to go home with you? But I, oh my god, he's going to hate all this. But I have the most amazing stories about him. And the first time he came, 
he went into Pontypool because my house is right on the edge. You know, it's just like on the main on the main road. So he walked down into the town, and he went to Greg's. You're really gonna hate this story. He went to Greg's, and he was like, "Hey, can I? Can I?" you know I'd love to get a coffee and she was like okay and he's like what milk do you have <laughs> she was like milk <laughs> <laughs> I think he was expecting like soy almond this this year he asked me if there was a gift wrapping service Where? in Pontypool just in general <laughs> in the card factory to be specific I was like he goes I think that you just don't know about it so he went down and he asked for himself there's a gap in the market there. There's you could a open a gift market. wrapping store in Think, uh, Things do change. Though. I remember um, I was with um, my girlfriend at the time. We were we were back in Swansea and uh, we were, I don't know if it was a spa or something or mm-hmm. the little. And yeah, no, she said, because she you know, doesn't drink milk. Yeah. Whole milk. And she said, oh, do we, do we have almond milk? And everyone's yeah. like, almond I milk? I know, I know. What is, what is almond you, yeah. milk and almond? <laughs> yeah, and th- but this was only... This would have been like three years ago yeah. or maybe four years ago. But then, actually, don't behold, you know, a year later we were down well, there and like, gonna say. yeah, almond milk's everywhere. Yeah. So, well, I mean. Well, Greg's at Christmas. He went there. He was like, they got soy milk. I said, that's definitely for you. I told you you were coming. <laughs> like, oh God, here comes that American again. Yeah, quick, <laughs> get the soy out. Soy milk for him. Probably the same, the same carton. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, it does last a long time. Oh, that's funny. He's going to kill me. Uh, and you said you came to New York via Singapore. I did, How yes. come you ended up in Singapore? Um, so I did my degree in Newport. And then one of our lecturers said, you know, if you're sort of serious about your career and you want to get ahead, then he recommended Singapore. There were already three people from our university that lived out there. So there was definitely the connection. And I believe our university was twinned with one in Malaysia. So they went, you know, they went out there frequently. We just had such a great time. I was there for nine years. I loved every single minute of it. It was it was so much fun until towards the end. I've got to say, you know, it's a, it's an island. It's small. Um, and then just one day, I've, I've had a particularly challenging job, and I just came home and at the end of the job, and I was like, right, that's it. I'm not. That's it. I'm done. I'm done. I'm out. I'm done. I'm out. Yeah. And, and at that time, did you think? I want to go to New York or do no, you think about going back to Wales? Never, New York was never really on my list. I've never, I'll be honest, I've never had like that. Oh my God, New York. Oh, and, work, and work, you know, working in, around fashion yeah. uh, and studying fashion, you know, yeah. fashion related. It's sort of maybe surprising. Going, yeah, no, I didn't. Yeah. And my boyfriend at the time was just sort of, he had an office in New York. So he was like, right, America. And I, I am pretty easygoing. So I was like, okay. You know, I know I didn't knew I didn't want to go home, but I didn't necessarily know where else I wanted to go. Mm-hmm. So again, I thought, all right, I'll try it. If I don't like it, you know, nothing's permanent. And, and were you easy? Because some things we talk about on this podcast is like getting visas and things. Mm. It's I mean, always that, a challenge. Yeah, so, it's hard. I mean, I had an O one visa right, yeah. that I had for for way longer than I should have because I should have gone for my green card, but I could never commit to like. 10 years yeah. so I would do like three years oh I see how I feel after three years I was never like oh my god this is it for me I'm never moving I'm right. gonna stay here forever and where are you now with that are you I've got a green card yeah you've got a green card okay <laughs> only you because made that I just couldn't do it anymore and I mean there's nowhere I'd love to work I did actually go back to Asia la- this time last year I was in Shanghai for a month mm-hmm. um 
And I still love Asia. I mean, it's just, I almost say, it's almost like sort of part of where I grew up. I spent my whole 20s there, so it feels very familiar mm. to me. You know, it's there's so much in the future. Like my, you know, my phone worked on the subway back in the night, you know, in the late, late 90s. You were paying for the subway with your phone back then, you know. Uh. America to me can, sometimes can feel a little, you know, the subway here is just... Disgusting. Ugh, disgusting. Yeah, well, they've got, um, is it Andy Byford? Is that his name? The new saviour of the subway? It's a new... Um, right. He's a Brit. He okay. comes over for... He was uh, Transport for London. Oh, great. He, uh, helped improve the um, underground, London Underground. And right. then he's recently been in Canada and okay. then fixed that, the subway in Toronto, and now he's here. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's no yeah. mystery why the MTA is such a mess compared to TFL. It's because TFL is not for profit every right. after they've paid everybody every yeah. all the money they make gets Goes reinvested it's empty yeah. it's got a massive yeah. Yeah. load of shareholders who are all getting rich and they yeah. have and they have challenges because of the the governor and the mayor yeah. have to align and then they both kind of use the MTA as a and the transport as a thing to yeah. kind of campaign against um but no he's he's supposedly oh, um, wow. yeah he's doing a bit he's got a forward fast forward i think or something like that is the name of his plan um yeah, it'll be interesting to watch. Is one of his whole thing is we've got to improve the speed. So, because um, at the moment you know how the doors just constantly yes. opens yep. up. He's like, yeah. let the close the bloody doors. Close the doors. He's like, close it. the doors, let them go. Because yeah. if we don't close the doors, the trains will never get on no. time. And if we get the trains running on time, people will learn yeah. that they should just wait to the next one because yeah, it won't yeah, be yeah. too long. But simple stuff like that that he's um, trying to fix. But yeah, we'll we'll see. He's like a practical man. So, yeah, well, he's a proper a proper train man apparently. <laughs> he comes from a train family oh, and like he's in the north of England, but. Uh, yeah, we'll see. Not quite how we got onto that. <laughs> it's a nice little tangent. <laughs> it's nice tangent. Okay. Um, so one of the things we like to ask is any advice, like to anyone who's either thinking about, you know, studying or you know coming to New York or or just you know wants to explore a world either in you know the, the kind of art directing, advertising with a stunt of in, into photography or, or really into the kind of stylist world specifically. What would you what would you say to them? I think. I mean, trying to get experience is so important because it it is so hands-on and to just see if you can get... I know it's, you know, they sort of frowned upon more and more, especially the unpaid ones, like an internship, or if you could, you know, shadow someone, say, and really find out what what area you want to go into. You know, you could go into movie styling and then you're, you know, you're on location for like a month or month or three months, or you could do like me you could do fashion or you do photo you know I just do photo shoots fashion shows are another thing so I think try and get experience if you can in each of those industries or magazines unfortunately is sort of like a dying Mm. medium which is sad um but yeah just trying to meet people I suppose and get get your foot in the door but if you do meet meet people then follow through the amount of people that have you know yeah 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 I'll be in touch they've met me or something people always need good people around them like we're all you wouldn't believe how many times we if we've got to come up with like quite often there'll be a team of us so there's me and my my assistant was with me all all the time but then we might need three other people Mm. you'll be amazed how if you're a good assistant you're just always booked Mm. So you'd look into like a friend of a friend or another contact or a, if you're good and you really pay attention, you don't really need that much experience. 
I, just, I know I might regret that now, but you, but you know what I mean? Like if you're just paying attention and quite often you just need to know, okay, I need these shoes. Where, who stocks these shoes? You're doing that on your own. So, you know, you don't need a degree in shopping. A lot of people <laughs> have a degree in shopping anyway. Yeah, just so, be resourceful. Yeah, I think you said it, being resourceful, like just be, and be really good at it. Like no matter what yeah. it is, don't look down on that job of just, hey, um, um, you know, whether it's, you know, just going to get the shoes from, yeah. you know, I think don't, there's nothing below you, you know, no, just do it and do it, it. Do, do it and do it world well. class, do yeah. it as best as you can. It and then, really is that sink or swim industry. Honestly, I never forget using this one assistant once and I still to this day, I still can't believe he did it. And he was, you know, he was great when I interviewed him. He seemed really on it. And then he sort of set me up for the photo shoot. And then I watched him turn, get his laptop out of his bag and set himself his own little desk up in the corner and start working. And I was like, not working on my job. Working on other work. "What What are you doing? He's like, oh, well, you're okay over there, right? And he's just... You know, I'm like, mm-mm, he didn't come back the next day. <laughs> and it is that it is that brutal because we're all freelance. There's no sort of, oh, I have to give you a month's notice and this is your contract. Yeah. Only as good as your last it's, job. Of course you are. And you're only as good as the team that you're working with because if you've got a weak link, it's, yeah, it's do, hard. Do you find that most people um, coming up have, have studied, they have got degrees? Do you think that's important? Do you know I never ask? Yes, is thing. that awful? It's a thing. That's the, it really is. I don't know. I've, so I have an eight-year-old niece and she she definitely has an eye for what I do. Even when she was two years old and she was dressing herself, her colour, her always sense of colour is incredible. Like she would match, and it wouldn't be obvious. It was like a sock with a necklace. But, but just now I think about the advice I would give her and I do really think, well, say she's 16 and she leaves school, is it not? easier for her to get a foot in the door that way does she re- unless she really yeah. wants to go on to university or she, it's a yeah. tough one it is because you just think those those years that you could just spend networking completely, completely. just working for free yeah. living at home well there is that but there's 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 the other school of thought of um okay so the one we're talking about is you go through education you yeah. study further education maybe foundation years degrees yeah masters in some industries yes. mm-hmm. are, are an option or do you start working well thinking back to how i was when i was 16 18 yeah i would have been only marginally more useful in the workplace than an actual hindrance <laughs> probably wasn't as fully it's developed as i could be level, so, yeah. so am i actually yeah. going to just meet everybody in the yes. industry and they're all going to form this opinion or of me based even, on how i am as an 18 year old or mm. are you even going to know what you want to do at 18 exactly you know so much of, of mm. it is like a voyage of discovery and like we were talking you might not even know the job exists mm. yeah and it, and it and it, and it obviously depends on the type of job that you're um, that you're after that you're yeah after definitely i do and again it's up to the individual i think there's a there's a prop stylist i work with and I think he started when he was about 16 and he'd met someone, I think it was in a club and he ended up assisting him and he was Mariah Carey's wow. stylist. So he was doing that at like 16, you know. I think if you have that opportunity in front of you, you're not going to say, oh no, I'm going to go off yeah. and finish college, thanks. Exactly, exactly. Well, yeah, and I think that's a nice way to almost come to an end really because, you know, I'm so glad that you were able to come on and... and 
kind of share your story, Emma, because I think it's it's precisely it. The more people who can be exposed to different industries at you know early points in their lives, you know, you yeah. might discover something, and then you know go, oh, actually, yeah, that does combine some yeah. of the things I'm interested in. Maybe I'll look into that completely. And I'd say just don't don't be, you know, don't be too scared of things. You can always go backwards. Like don't mm. don't you know try and not let fear get in your way, and also. I know this is sort of going against what I said, but don't listen to too much advice. If I had listened to everybody who said to me, don't go to Singapore, don't go, you know, Mm. people, that's their fear talking. It was never my fear. I was like, yeah, I'll be fine, you know. Um, So I think that's really important. Just know your own gut, know what you want to do, and it will never lead you astray. Yeah. If there's anybody uh, listening who Mm. might like to get in touch. Yeah. Is there a way they could do that yes, with they you? Can definitely, <laughs> yeah, they can definitely get in touch with me. I mean, via email is probably the best way, which we can. What about if people definitely. want to see see your work? Yeah, they can um, go to the my best website. Yeah. Just um, well, actually, they can use the link off my website, emmapritchard.com. Problem solving. Yeah, every day. There you go. <laughs> just takes the while for the brain to kick in. <laughs> Excellent. Well, thanks very much. Thanks oh, for giving up you some too. of your Sunday. No, pleasure. It's gloomy really Sunday here in uh, Brooklyn. Thank you. As always, thank you for listening. Uh, please remember to subscribe and leave a review for the podcast. And if you would like to get in touch, you can always send us an email to podcast at newyorkwelsh.com. Or you can look us up on our socials. Uh, Instagram and Twitter are both at New York Welsh. And if you are interested and haven't already, don't forget to enter for tickets to The Great War at Carnegie Hall. Uh, You can enter by writing info at newyorkwelsh.com 